When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Strackbine, joined always by my main man, Stephen Thompson. Find us on YouTube.com slash All Steelers Talk or subscribe anywhere you get your podcast. The Pittsburgh Steelers, man, they had themselves a Tuesday in the most, I don't know, pressing, big, massive news the Pittsburgh Steelers could possibly announce. They have relieved offensive coordinator Matt Canada of his duties. They will move forward with quarterbacks coach Mike Sullivan and running backs coach Eddie Faulkner as their offensive coordinator for the rest of the season. I mean, the reaction was huge. The fan base is on a new high. A team that was dead 48 hours ago seems to have some new life and the Pittsburgh Steelers, man, this feels like a new organization and a new team moving forward with seven games left in the season. They are six and four. They are still well alive in the playoff race. It's a gloomy day here in the Berg, but I bet you if you ask any Pittsburgh Steelers fan how they're feeling today, they will say it is a beautiful day for the city of Pittsburgh. How you feel, my friend? Yeah, you know, the sun is a little brighter, the air is a little cleaner, my food <laughs> tastes better, I, you know, I'm I'm sleeping so much better, I'm so much more healthy. Uh no, it's yeah, it's um it's a new new day, new new dawn, new era in in the city of Pittsburgh. I mean, to be quite honest, I didn't didn't see this not this day, I guess, but I didn't see this day coming so soon. Yes. Um so no people are excited about it, but the the Steelers, I mean, it opens up a world of possibilities for the Steelers now. So nothing but uh, nothing but an, an interesting future to look forward to. That's what I'm saying. If if bare minimum, interesting is certainly the word. Everybody is excited. They're trying to temper their expectations. I don't think anybody should care. I think you should just look at it and say the Pittsburgh Steelers made a move that chance have made their way around the world to do. They, this is not a oh during home games Pittsburgh Steelers fans are chanting to fire fire back Canada I mean at one point they were at the capital they were at the capital of the they were in Utah there are no Steelers fans in Utah except that there's a billion of them and they want Matt Matt Canada fired the Pittsburgh Steelers listen they released the news what, what were you doing when the news broke I, I won't lie to you I was getting ready to get ready for the day I shower turned on toothbrush in mouth and all of a sudden I look at my phone and I just see a message from Mike Tomlin and I was like, oh, my first thought was, oh, man, somebody died. This stinks. And I clicked on it and went, oh, my gosh. I threw the toothbrush right in the air, ran upstairs, shower was running for like two hours because I was just working, didn't have any time to go back downstairs. What were you doing when it happened? What was, uh, what was your instant reaction to this news? Well, so I was I was sitting at my desk. I was drinking my coffee. I was still, you know, barely half awake when, yeah. when this happened. And so I I read it and I'm like, oh, okay. And I'm like, oh, I read it a second time. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. That that was actually something. That was that was a real thing. Um, so yeah, I was a little caught off guard. I like didn't really know what to think at first because I just wasn't really ready for 
for this moment to happen. Like no. I, I, I thought it would at least wait until the end of the season. I did not think they would do this in the middle of the year. Um, so I wasn't, I was in no way prepared for this at all. And I was, I, I was just, I started to run through, okay. Like who's, who's stepping up? Who's uh, you know, where did, where does Matt Canada go next? Where do the Steelers go next is, are, are their next moves going to be the permanent guys? And the more reports, reports started to roll in throughout the day. And it was just like piecing together every part of the story. You start with like a spark and then it like, you know, all kind of comes together a little bit more clearly throughout the day. Yeah, it was, uh, it was wild. The news obviously broke Mike Tomlin. It, it was cool that I thought it was set up very interestingly or interesting. I don't know if interestingly mm-hmm. is a word. The news comes out. Two, three hours later, we get to talk to Mike Tomlin. He is like visibly not the best. He, you know, you go up there, you could tell immediately that this guy didn't want to make the move, had to make the move. You know, he had to, he had to take, it was like, he was like taking a bull. Like he was, this stunk. He, he didn't want to do this. This was a part of his team. It was like any other decision. He'd rather fall back on him. He made that very clear. I think I, I have to, uh, you know, show some respect there. Cause I, I thought that that was a good answer. The way that he kind of presented it and said like hey like this this sucks you know this is not a a glorious day for me and I, I think that that you know I I commend him for that what were your thoughts on the move not not your instant reaction but what were your thoughts on what it means for the Steelers you know what it means for Kenny Pickett what were your instant thoughts or or your general thoughts you know as as everything unfolded now that the Pittsburgh Steelers man they uh they are Matt Canada lists well, it means they're all in on Kenny Pickett, I think, to me. I think that's my first yeah. reaction is that they are they are going to ride with this guy until the wheels fall off, until they're absolutely sure that he is not the guy um, because they're changing things around him that, that didn't seem yep. to be working. You know, the, the there were a lot of variables about, you know, when, when Kenny first arrived and during his first year, there were a lot of reasons why Steelers offense didn't work. Um, but they are they are changing out the personnel that didn't work around him, you know? Uh, so yep. like they switch out the offensive line, they make some additions that at receiver and now they're, they're getting a new offensive coordinator. Like these are all the things around Kenny Pickett that you think are going to support him and make him a better quarterback and aid his development in that way. So uh, I think this was the biggest one of those moves, obviously, yeah. um, just, just, yeah, from a development standpoint, you know, they, I think this year it had kind of the the conversation had fallen on those two guys on Matt Canada and Kenny Pickett. It was basically like one or the other. You know, you had to you had to blame one and absolve the other of of all the struggles that this offense had had. Steelers clearly thought it was easier to move on from Matt Canada or better to move on from Matt Canada than than it was to move on from Kenny Pickett. So uh, they're all in this guy. He'll he'll you know Mike Tomlin said he's at least the starter this week. He's probably going to be the starter moving forward and into next year now. Uh, and they're they're giving it one last shot to to see if they can find a guy who can really get Kenny to to meet his potential. Yeah, I agree. I, I looked at it as this is one last ditch effort for the Pittsburgh Steelers to save Kenny Pickett or to see what they got. I don't know who made the move. You know, I don't know if it was Mike Tomlin. I don't know if it was Art Rooney, but I think whoever did make the final call was sitting there with full intentions that they have to see what they have in their quarterback situation. I think it's just because. You know, week after week, we're talking about games where the Pittsburgh Steelers are are in this, you know, and their defense are keeping them is keeping them within range of a win. You can't just throw that away. And with the Pittsburgh Steelers finally seeing that and realizing like, OK, look at our defense is actually built to do something here. It's not just like, oh, we've had a couple of good weeks or, 
whatever. It's built to do something. And there are pieces to this that will go away after the season and the roster will get much more difficult after the season to keep together. They got to try to find something and they got to try to get Kenny Pickett. I don't even think it had anything to do with, you know, the offense as a whole isn't genuine, like generally working. I genuinely think that it was Kenny Pickett stinks and we have to see if Kenny Pickett actually stinks or if Matt Canada is the reason that he can't get any better. Just like you said, it was like a last ditch effort. This is this is to try and save Kenny Pickett and to see what they have in him. And they're going to toss everything they possibly can at him. Let me ask this. Is it more pressure on Kenny Pickett? moving forward like is this the is this it is this the last seven games that Kenny has to say hey I'm either I'm real or I'm not and the Pittsburgh Steelers have to decide it's time to move on or we found our quarterback do you view these next seven games as that that really that last test oh no I mean these last seven games no but I mean I think there is more pressure um yeah like look the the excuses are uh, becoming less and less easy to find, you know, and grab onto. I mean, there's yeah. just less less cover for him, uh, specifically because Matt Canada is not there anymore. Like mm-hmm. the boogeyman is gone. Like you gotta, you gotta put up or shut up now. Um, but I also, I mean, at the same time, like, look, I don't think it's reasonable to expect them to get the Steelers to get noticeably better over these final seven games of the year. That like that's just not realistic. I mean. The idea that they could put in a completely new offense in a week now or over seven weeks even and uh, get to the point where they are more efficient than they were under a system that they had run for two years, if not more, um, if you've yeah. been here for a while, uh, that's that's just not realistic. So uh, I think you want to see some individual improvements from Kenny. Uh, I don't think you're going to see you know, wholesale improvements from the offense, but uh, yeah, next year I think is when the pressure really starts to turn up. You know, Kenny's got to... Kenny's got to be better. Like I said, the excuses aren't, aren't there anymore. And he's got to, it's a weird line where he's got to improve, but you know, it's not realistic to expect him to be, you know, so much, you know, dramatically better than he was under Canada. So it's a, it's a tricky line to walk, but once we get to next year, the, the pressure is certainly all on Kenny. Yeah. So I, I agree that you're not going to expect wholesale changes. I don't think you could expect wholesale changes. I think that the changes within the offense will be more leaning on Jalen Warren. If Jalen Warren is having a phenomenal game, you know, play action passes because the running game, I mean, Eddie Faulkner as a, as a whole being the guy who's going to come up with this game plan means that Najee Harris and Jalen Warren are going to be the guys that are this offense and they're going to lean on them as heavily as possible. And that's what they should do. This should not be, I think that was the thing with Matt Canada, especially towards the end was it kind of felt like he realized Kenny was the only way he could save his job and he needed to lean into that and try to get Kenny to work. And he would ignore things like Jalen Warren being the only thing that was working against the Cleveland Browns. Whereas I I think these other two guys, Sullivan and Faulkner come in here and they just say, Hey, look, whoever's working is working. Our job is to just try and win a football game. We're not trying to impress anybody. We're not trying to get these guys going. This is not a numbers game for us. It's just about can we score points? How do we do so? I think that will help the offense. Like I do expect the offense hopefully to improve. It could, it could be, it could be a disaster. Like this could be a dumpster fire just because you changed coaches in the middle of the season. That is a I mean, that is a question mark that you do not have an answer to until you start playing games again. But I do expect like personnel wise and the decisions that they make to be much more 
lean on the hot hand and find the guys that are working and try to utilize them to the best of their abilities, which I don't think Canada was doing. When it comes to Kenny, I agree. I think there's a, uh, more pressure, obviously. I, just like you said, they're out of excuses. I kind of do view these seven games as, I, I don't want to say a make or break, but I think it's a deciding factor on whether or not the Pittsburgh Steelers go and get a quarterback in the offseason, whether that's through the draft or free agency, or if they just kind of coast with Kenny and get like a somewhat of a nobody as a backup for next season. Like I could see if he, if he improves a little bit, if you see a little growth in Kenny, these last seven games, you know, enough to say, okay, look at he, he did get better. He he's got to play like, I don't even want to say a full game. He's just got to like, he's got to do things more than the final two minutes of a game or what he's been doing the last three weeks, which is nothing. He's got to do a little bit of something if he does that, then I think the Steelers could look at him and say, okay, look, we're going to give you another year. We're going to try this out. I think if he stays the same, you you are backed into a corner enough where you're out of excuses, you know, where you kind of have to look at it and go, whether that's, I mean, people have tossed out like Kirk Cousins' name um, in the latest mock draft. They were getting uh, Carson Beck, I believe, out of Georgia. The, the 22nd, 23rd pick, something like that. I don't know if, if you have to go that big, but I think that that is a possibility, you know, whereas and if Kenny does improve, that possibility has gone. But I, just like you said, like I, I, I think, you know, even if Mike Tomlin says they're not grading on a curve, they're grading on a curve. Like they, they have an understanding of what has happened and how bad things have gotten for Kenny Pickett. But above else, you know, the decision to fire Matt Cannon in my eyes means that they open their eyes to we're trying to win a Super Bowl. We could care less about the rest of it anymore. We're just trying to win a Super Bowl. And if that means they got to give up on Kenny, I think there's like a possibility. Maybe they do. But, you know, that's that's a big if I feel like. Yeah, I, I do, too. And I think I get what you're I, I did not see Kirk Cousins get thrown out and, and, and back either. But I mean, I want to say I think uh, still Orlovsky said it. Somebody said it. Somebody mm-hmm. on ESPN or was like, they got to get in the Kirk Cousins race. And I was like, Kirk Cousins in Pittsburgh would be very interesting. Kirk Cousins hanging out with George Pickens and Deontay Johnson would be very interesting. Yeah, it would. <laughs> I think <laughs> like, the, right? I, I hadn't even thought about that part. I mean, but yeah, it would it would be interesting, I think, from like a football perspective too. But like, yeah, it's... Yeah, Kenny's going to... The way Kenny play, I, I agree with the idea that Kenny's play over these final seven weeks is really going to determine a lot of what they feel they need to do this offseason. Like, yeah, kind of determine the sense of urgency with him. You know, is it like, is it like, okay, we need, we need a backup plan ready for this season? Uh, yeah. You know, is do we need someone who's ready to go in and fill Kenny's shoes right away, or mm-hmm. can we think a little bit more long term? Can we give Kenny a little bit more time? So, um, it's really, I mean, it's it's pressure for Kenny, but I feel like it's more pressure on himself. You know, it's, it's, yes, it's yes, kind of all on him. It's, it's less on the organization to say, Oh, we need, we need Kenny to work out. I think they'll have, so they'll have options uh, if they want to do yeah. something different uh, next year or even going into this off season. But uh, yeah, it's all on kind of Kenny. If he wants to, you know, defend his spot as, as a starter, it feels like. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Do you, uh, you said that you don't expect it. Do you, do you, you expect any, any improvements or you think this is uh this is a tough place to be for the Steelers? I think it's a tough place to be. And I just I, I'm not saying that, you know, improvements aren't possible, but I just think it's it's pretty unlikely to expect a 
really bad offense to all of a sudden become really good yeah. uh, when you lose the – when there's just disorgan- – not disorganization, that's not the right word, but when there's a shakeup in leadership, yeah. I guess you could say. Um, yeah, yeah. Just instability I don't think naturally leads to improvements in in, in these situations. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't expect – I don't expect much to, to come out of these seven weeks. I think you make a good point about, like, the personnel usage and stuff like that, but even then – I mean, Jalen Warren still ran for 120, like 130 yards, you know, yeah. last week, and they lost. Like, I don't know, like how much, how much is just saying Jalen, you've got to run it 25 times, going to help them, you know? I mean, maybe that Jalen Warren's yeah, never maybe. touched the ball 25. We don't know what happens when Jalen Warren touches the ball 25. Could you imagine what it's could true. happen if Jalen Warren touches the ball 25? I mean, they could go. It wouldn't even surprise me if the Steelers go a whole game in the next couple of weeks, just running the football. They're just like, <laughs> screw it, man. the triple just, option? Yeah, just, just every single time. Every single time. They just turn into army football and just say, hey, screw it. This is what we're doing. This is our, this is our team now. T- Kenny's like lining up in the Wildcat, just hanging out. What's up, guys? Yeah. How are you? Yeah. I, I wouldn't even, like, it wouldn't even surprise me if, if we hit a game in the near future where it's just like 45 rushing attempts and Kenny throws the ball like, 15 times and then they win like I would expect that to be a win because teams I mean the New England Patriots do that constantly and come out with wins Tennessee Titans did that for a long time came out with wins it could I mean, it's been a while since the New England Patriots have done that I was gonna say, wins, man, but they used one. to yeah they yeah, used yeah. to do these things um you could I just think that could work I I, I don't know I'm, I'm not optimistic but I think morale changes are like a real thing in the NFL and I think that to some degree maybe just maybe you know it adds a spark that just gets guys going and you know boosts some confidence and just says like screw it let's just play loose and i think that could do uh at least something maybe for these guys let's talk about faulkner and sullivan replacing them and then maybe some other options that the pittsburgh steelers have for now eddie faulkner and mike sullivan will kind of double team the offensive coordinator job faulkner is like technically the interim OC and then Sullivan will call plays on Sundays he has experience doing so with the New York Giants and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers I mean we've already talked like the expectations aren't super high from them but what is what are you looking for like what are you you look at these guys do you you know you just looking for consistency you looking for I don't know like you, you looking to not lose like what is your what is your baseline of like this is a successful run as a as an interim duo at OC. Well, I think like we like we talked about a little bit. I think it kind of comes down to Kenny. Um, yeah. Like, w- what do you get from him? Um, did he improve? You know, did he? I don't know. I it's it is a tough situation because, like I said, I don't have high expectations for for the actual on field results of this of this yeah. change throughout the remainder of this season. But I think you could call it a success if Kenny just stops stagnating, you know, if he stops regressing, uh, I guess yes. even, I mean, I think it kind of all centers around him. I feel like this entire move, excuse me, centered around, around Kenny and, and what you're getting out of him. Um, so I think you need to see at the very least some steps forward from Kenny, like some, I don't know, because I, uh, there were just, there were play, like I felt like, especially in Cleveland, there were plays on the field that he wasn't making. So I feel like, yes. you know, you can get him to maybe see the field a little bit better. Um, 
if you can find an identity in the run game and you can build something off of that identity, I feel like the run game has just kind of existed on its own for the past few weeks. You know, it hasn't been supported of or added onto by, by the passing game. So I think Kenny's got to add something to the offense, you know, instead of just kind of be there, you know, does that, if that makes any sense, like I don't think Kenny had made an impact as an offensive player, yes. uh, especially last week. And he's got to, He's got to not just kind of orchestrate the offense, but but be a piece of it, you know, and be a factor in it. Yeah, I agree. I I I I think that he has been a non-factor the past couple of weeks. Has really been a non-factor all season outside of like those drives, and even those drives. I mean, some of them haven't even been that impressive. So I agree with that. Do you like the one-two? Do you like two guys trying to fill one role? Because I've seen people like I didn't think anything of it at first. I just thought, okay, that's just who they selected that they wanted it to be Faulkner, but they understand that Sullivan's a play caller and there's a science, there's an art to play calling. But I've seen people right from the jump be like, eh, if you got two quarterbacks, you got no quarterbacks. If you have two offensive coordinators, you have no offensive coordinators. Do you like the, do you mind the two offensive coordinators? Yeah, I, I don't know if I like it per se, but I, don't, I certainly don't mind it. I mean, I think Mike Tomlin made a good point about like, yeah, Mike's still got to coach quarterbacks, and uh, yeah. Eddie's still got to coach running backs. Like those are those specific duties those guys have, and taking on a full time offensive coordinator role on top of that would be pretty tough. Um, so I, I like the distribution of labor there. I don't think it should. I mean, especially because you have only one play caller on game day. Like it's not, yes. it's not like oh we've got two OCs. They're both going to be up in the booth, and they've got to decide on what play they like you know, together before they can actually run it uh, within the 25 seconds we've got. To, no, that's like, yeah. I think operationally on game day, it will be pretty smooth in that sense. And yeah, I don't know. The, the combined brain power can work together in practices and in meetings and stuff like that. So I don't, I don't mind it at all. I don't, I don't really think anything of it. I mean, if anything, whatever disputes might come up are going to come up in practice or during the week yes. or something like that. Times where they are able to hash things out and talk it over and can spend a little bit more time there. And then, you know, they'll on game day they can say, you know, this is Mike Mike Sullivan. You you got to rock you got to rock with him, and at least there's there's one head of the snake there. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think knowing Eddie Faulkner and Sullivan for you know Faulkner for a while now, and Sullivan just for the last two two seasons. I mean, they're they're like a good one two punch. You know, Sullivan is the nicest human being on the planet, like uh, literally on the planet, nicest human being. Understands guys better than I've ever met anybody who understands outside of Mike Tomlin. Like I've never met anybody who like I watch interact with players and I hear players talk about and just get like, you know, he, his connection with these guys is real. He, he really understands how to communicate with them in a different way. Like Tomlin knows how to communicate with everybody. You could put him in a room with people who have never met him by the time that speech is over. I guarantee you that half that room wants to run through a wall for him. Sullivan's more like a, you know, like, like, I understand I, not really a motivation aspect, but more of just like a what we need to do. I understand how to communicate with you in in tough situations, you know, to kind of help you work through things. Um, whereas in Faulkner, Faulkner brings the juice, man. Like this guy, you could you could go watch 30 seconds of his training camp videos and you could understand that this guy is a lunatic when it comes to football because he just he must just sit home and study everything but he's always got the juice he's always hyping his guys up his guys love him like i'm i'm saying love him um any running back who's ever come through pittsburgh has nothing but great things to say about this guy i think they are like a good one-two punch i am 
I, I agree. Like, I think that any like game plans, I think the game plan is going to be like a whole, like it'll be everybody from the offense, all the coaches sitting in a room, coming up with an idea to try to get things going. And then Sullivan will be in charge of, of play calling. But I also expect Faulkner to kind of be there being like, Hey, like, let's do this. Them working through things throughout the game. I think like having two eyes is better than one sometimes. And I, I don't, I don't necessarily view it as a bad thing. You look at the odds right now, pennstake.com, pennstakes.com sent out some odds. Faulkner and Sullivan are tied for the the leaders to take over as like a full-time gig here after the season. Byron Leftwich is in second place. And then a little ways down is a, a bit of a shocking name here. Ben Roethlisberger has a 5.4% chance to claim the OC job after the season. He's the sixth highest odds for the Pittsburgh Steelers in, in these early releases, early favorites. I mean, what one's more realistic? Let's go with that one. The one of these two taking over after the season left, which coming in here after reports earlier in the season. And, and, you know, we've talked to sources, me and you have both talked to people who have had conversations or, or no insight about the Byron Leftwich situation who have said he's called. They have not answered. They have been like, now we're, we're good for right now. Or Ben coming in here off the streets, slapping down the podcast, Mike, that's over for the time being and drawing some plays in the dirt for the Pittsburgh Steelers moving forward. What one, uh, what one's the most realistic scenario for the Steelers right now? Well, Leftwich has to be right. Like if, I mean, he's the only one of these guys with actual, I mean, I guess Mike Sullivan has offensive coordinator experience in the NFL, but barely, I mean, I mean like nothing compared to what Leftwich has, uh, so I feel like Byron's definitely the the most likely, uh, probably followed by Sullivan and Faulkner. Um, and whew, Ben is a Ben is a long shot for a reason. I would say <laughs> I I like I think every I think this is a conversation that's come up a couple times. And I'm I'm pretty anti Coach Ben. You know, I, yeah, I, I think yeah. I've been pretty consistent with that uh, on this podcast throughout. Um, I just don't. No thanks. No, no I'm. I'm good. Um, <laughs> I think if you ask Ginzers right now, they he'd be the only uh, one. Only yeah, one. He'd, yeah, he'd be the only person they think of. But uh, yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't know how well that would work out. Especially, yeah. I just. I, I. I don't think I could see Ben being a real, you know, leader of men or something and developing a young quarterback like I developing his replacement. Like I. I don't know about that. That that seems just like a dynamic that might not work out uh, long term. But Leftwich, I mean, yeah, I remember talking about Leftwich, and he was just like offering himself up in the middle of the season, and it was like, hmm, job's not really open. So I don't know if you yeah. can really do that. <laughs> That's not really how you apply for a job. Yeah. Um, but I think he's got all like the relevant experience, and he's done well. You know, when he has been an offensive coordinator, he's got a stamp of approval from Bruce Arians, who's a, in my opinion, a really good coach. Like it's, I I think he's got all the bona fides. So I feel like that's a, a prime candidate. I mean, I don't know who else is out there, but he's got to be someone that they're considering, especially because he has a demonstrated interest in the job. Like that's a, that's a plus as well. I mean, not that, not the Steelers will be, you know, I I don't think anyone will be shooing away the Steelers if they want an offensive coordinator job, but still, I mean, in fact, this guy's so enthusiastic, has a connection to the to the organization, and and has wanted this job for a while. I mean, I think that that says something about it as well. Yeah, it's kind of funny because I, I don't know who it was, but I saw somebody aggregate it saying 
that some analyst somewhere was like, nobody's going to want the Steelers job. Why would you want to walk in? I'm like, what are you talking about? Everybody in the world would want to steal. Like everybody in the world would want the Pittsburgh Steelers job. It is. I mean, it's not. There are 32 of these jobs in that's the what NFL. I'm saying. So it's like, what do you you're going to turn down this one because you think you're going to get another one? Like, what what are you talking about? This is. Yeah. And, yeah. and on a team like, I mean, you could say whatever you want about how bad the Pittsburgh Steelers offense is right now. But I mean, this team is constantly in the playoff hunt like you the, and just know, like, I don't know, maybe it's just me. But if I was an offensive coordinator in the NFL, I think I would believe that I could turn any offense into a phenomenal offense. I would I'd be like, you could give me 11 guys to. off the streets. I'll figure it out. You know, and I don't think anybody's sitting around going, oh, man, dude, this playoff team, you tell with a great defense. I don't want to go there. Screw that, man. Why would I want to do that? Like, right, right. Like, first of all, the bar is so low, like you, so you can low. score 22 points a game and oh, you're, you'd a, go, you're a hero. Right. And the other thing is, like, boy, if you're trying to get another job and a team sees you turn down this one because you think it's like too <laughs> difficult, like what? What? Yeah. Like, that would be a red flag for me if I was hiring someone and they were like, no, Steelers job, too tough. You know, like young quarterback, some superstar receivers, like superstar receivers, great running back. Right. Offensive line with some young key pieces to it. Like, you know, the offensive line might have some holes, but like you got Broderick Jones at bare minimum. You have Broderick Jones and James Daniels and Isaac Simal, who's only 29 years old. Like, yeah, you got two great running backs, a good, a good tight end and two star wide receivers. Oh, man, dude, that sounds like a nightmare. Nightmare. Right. right. If you can't work with that, then I'm sorry, but you're you're not getting a coordinator job anywhere. Like Yeah. A defense that leads the league in turnovers and holds teams most times to under twenty points. And a, the, the one of the best head coaches in football. But man, dude. And a kicker who's automatic. But like, you know, well, that's the quarterback situation. Nobody wants to be there. That's just I heard that. I was like, what are we talking about? Um, when it comes to realistic options. I want to agree with you that left, which is like the most realistic, I guess. But the fact that the Steelers like don't have interest in him right now or didn't have interest in him last season and the way he ended in Tampa Bay makes it like a a blurred line for me. Like I just kind of look at it like maybe like in my head, it makes sense. Maybe in their head, it doesn't make sense. Maybe somewhere they're looking at it, how some Steelers fans are looking at it. And going, I don't want anybody. The next hire for the Pittsburgh Steelers should ha- should never, ever, ever in a million years have lived in the city of Pittsburgh, worn a Pittsburgh Steelers jersey, associated themselves with the Pittsburgh Steelers. This has got to be a fresh start. And and I would I would say that that is a great move by the organization to just say like I don't want any connection. Let's just clean slate. You don't even know who Mike Tomlin is. The next guy coming in here shouldn't have any idea. It should have never should have never talked to Mike Tomlin in his life below. So just, just on the same list above Ben Roethlisberger is Cowboys quarterback coach, Scott Tolzian and Eagles quarterback coach, Alec Tanny. And then below him is former Arizona Cardinals head coach, Cliff Kingsbury. And I got to say that if I'm picking any of those guys on that list, Cliff Kingsbury is not a bad name to get out here. I know that he, he didn't have the greatest coaching career, but what that guy could do with an offense at times is uh, pretty ridiculous. There's also like there's there's a bunch of names out there like the Kyle Shanahan coaching tree is still out there. And I don't know. I, th- I think that you go something like that. But I think I agree with you. Like of all of them, Leftwich would be the one I would not put any stake in 
in Faulkner or Sullivan being the guy. I just don't think that the Steelers want that. And I also think that they know it's a PR nightmare if they make one of those guys the permanent OC. Left, which makes a lot of sense. I think you got to go. I think you got to go outside the organization. Yeah, I do too. I mean, I I kind of agree with the. I mean, it's it feels a little silly, but like the the whole fresh start thing. I think you. Yeah. I think you have to do that. Um, I think someone. It's got to be someone who's young. I think it's got to be someone who's innovative. I mean, these are all the words that I think that people use to describe Matt Canada. So be careful <laughs> with that. But I can tell you right young. now that when he was hired, I did not hear it, maybe young. I heard young. Didn't you innovative? I feel like innovative was like his whole thing, like all the the motions and the the shovel passes, and like he was a little quirky, you know, like quirky. Yeah, yeah, I guess some people. There were a lot of critics of Matt Cannon when he got fired, at least here. Like a lot of a lot of people that were like, "Oh, this guy, man, don't don't hire in house." They were very not about Matt Cannon, which definitely didn't help his his time here. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think you need. And I think people would have the same thought if you like hired like a coach like Kingsbury who like didn't succeed. Whereas I'm like, I think you could bring up, you could go hire like a tight ends coach somewhere that nobody's ever heard of. And there would be a lot of people that'd be like, hell yeah, man, that guy, yeah. that guy's, that guy's the one just because they have no idea. And that's, that's okay for them. Yeah. Like an unknown is like better than, you know, if there's yes. like a track record of, but also like Cliff Kingsbury, like. His problem was never the offense, you know, yeah, like agreed. as a, like as a head coach anywhere in his in his career, like that guy, that guy can coach that guy can drop some plays like, oh, yeah. I'm all about that. Um, Yeah, but I also I mean, at the same time, I feel like people want a track record. You know, they want someone who's proven that they can do this at the NFL level, because I don't think that Matt Canada had that when he came to, to Pittsburgh. He didn't have I mean, he didn't have that when he left Pittsburgh either, Uh, but he doesn't really have a True. track record of being able to. Like coordinate successful NFL offenses, and I think that's mm-hmm. what I think that's what Steelers fans want the most is they want to know that there's at least like a baseline of competency that they're not betting on. They're not betting on something that no one's seen before, you know. Yes, yes, yeah, like I agree. They, they, yeah, they want like they want something real, want something they can grab onto, and and just they just want to feel I think comforted by the fact that someone who knows what they're doing is is coming in. Yes, somebody who knows what they're doing, who doesn't have a connection to the team already, I think is would be the perfect, the perfect mix. Like you know what I mean, a fresh face who, who has some success behind him. You know, but they could be like this guy. You know, let's this is it. This is this is a new era of Pittsburgh Steelers football. Instead of feeling like you're drawn from the past, I agree. I think that that would be uh, the best case scenario. I, we don't have to dive into this, but. Uh, you know, just to bring up a reminder, and we can talk about this more on Friday, but uh, remember a couple weeks ago when we were talking about John Gruden being the Pittsburgh Steelers offensive coordinator? Just, uh, I, you know, I tried to force that out of my mind. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, I'm just saying it was tossed out there. There is a Pittsburgh Steelers insider by the name of Jerry Dulac who says, hey, maybe, maybe. So we can talk about that more on Friday. With that said, we're heading out of here. Thank you guys so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash All Steelers Talk, and find us anywhere you get your podcast. Check out all of our work at allsteelers.com and our pit coverage at insidethepanthers.com. Enjoy, a, enjoy your Thanksgiving. Have a wonderful holiday. We will be back on Friday. Peace.